Hello and welcome to this episode of Youth Talk, brought to you by the Worldwide Youth Radio and Kids Count UK. This is the podcast where young people discuss big things happening in the world around us. I'm Gabriel Morris and this is Youth Talk. Worldwide Youth Radio. On today's episode of Youth Talk. We are asking, how do you feel about the hatred and racism in sports? We have had a brilliant summer of sports with the Euros and Olympics, but all too often we are hearing racist remarks and hatred towards the athletes and players. In the Olympics, there was the backlash from fans as Olympic gymnast Simone Biles pulled out for mental health reasons and at the Euro finals, racist remarks were spouted on social media towards three black players on the England team. 23-year-old Marcus Rashford tweeted, I can take critique on my performance all day long. My penalty was not good enough. It should have gone in. But I will never apologise for who I am and where I came from. It is widely accepted that there is a racism problem within professional football. 70% of fans believe there is. A YouGov survey revealed one in three people who previously did not think racism was a serious problem now do following the Euro 2020 final. So how do you feel about the hatred and racism in sports? Well, we will be hearing from our youth panel very shortly, but we'd also love to hear from you. If you would like to have your say on today's discussion, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. Worldwide Youth Radio. So today we're asking, how do you feel about the hatred and racism in sports? And we are joined by two of our youth panel members today, Amelia and Zena. Hello to you both. Hi. I'm going to go to Zena first. How do you feel about hatred and racism in sports? Um, I think it's, like you said, I think it's a commonly accepted fact. Um, Yeah, as an ethnic minority wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable going to a pub or um, participating in such events. You know, maybe not necessarily just because I'm the only person there. You do feel like you're the only ethnic minority in the room, but, you know, you see things like this all over Twitter and you're like, you just don't really feel very welcome. Um and it does kind of put you off the sport, even though there are loads, you know, loads of respectful fans. It does put you off. Interesting what you said there about you're an, in, uh, an ethnic minority and you wouldn't feel comfortable about going to a uh, pub. Um, so have you ever, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've been to a pub, but have you ever been to a pub to watch a match? I have, yeah, but it's <sighs> reluctant. Like, if my friends have been like, oh, let's go... Um, if it's like a, a local game or something, but I wouldn't really go if it was the Euros or something like that. I wouldn't really feel too comfortable. But would you want to go? No. And I mean, I, I'll admit I'm not the most <laughs> massively into football, but, you know, even if I was, I just, I don't feel like it's the, I think I have a woman as well. I think a lot of women feel uncomfortable in pubs anyway with, um, there's loads of, um, how do I say creepy old men pubs? But there are loads of, I think there's loads of sexism and racism in the football community. So now, um, I I went to watch quite a few of the Euros matches at the pub with some of my friends, 
And to somewhat re- reassure you, you wouldn't be the only ethnic minority there, um, at least at the pub I went to. But I, I couldn't say for certain if there was any racist comments or remarks um, was said. I wasn't there for the final. But would you feel like if you were with friends and someone said something racist to you, do you think they would stand up to it or do you think they would just turn a blind eye? Oh, that's a good question. I think, I'd like to think that they would say something. I think they would, but, um, yeah, I'd say so. I'd hope so. I don't really want to be in that situation. It has happened before in a night out in Liverpool, um, and a friend did stand up for me. I'm really so glad I, to hear that. Yeah, so I'd like to think so, yeah, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, I think they're not good friends if they don't really. <laughs> Um, okay, what about you, Amelia? How do you feel about hatred and racism in sports? I think it's something that is crazy that it's so like normalised how mm. it just happens, and um, it's like a part of us is like you know this is what happens. I kind of saw it from like a different perspective in the sense of I didn't go into town when Euro's final were happening. I was actually watching it with a bunch of Italians, which is quite funny because obviously they were rooting for Italy to win. Um, But that was different because then they didn't want to go into town because obviously of the result. And it was more of the sense of like, I just felt a bit sad that, you know, they kind of couldn't feel like maybe they couldn't celebrate because they were scared of, of of how, you know, people that were supportive of other of like the British like the English team how they uh, would react which is kind of I mean I get it obviously emotions were running high but it's like to the point where you're scared to go out and celebrate is also a little bit of a you know an extreme do you think the situation is improving in any way um I don't think so I think uh even when like the players were bending the knee right at the beginning of um the match you could just hear loads of people booing in the crowd and a lot of the th- even the time like on the actual uh game of the final because uh, that's the only one i properly properly watched is like um there was a lot of booing when it came to like even someone else getting the, the different uh, sorry the italian team getting the ball and things like that and it's just like i feel like that's a little bit disrespectful it's like i understand that you're rooting for your team but also like you know, it's like it was a two, it's two-sided coin. Like someone's going to be happy that some, the other team's going to win. Um, well, as I said in the intro, more people now see the ra- uh, see racism within professional football. The latest acts of racism have brought rene- renewed focus onto, pl- um, onto players taking the knee before the match. YouGov's latest data shows that 6 in 10, 60% of English fans support the action, an increase of 5% compared to the week before the Euro 2020 final and 7% compared to mid-June. A significant portion, 32%, remain opposed to the team taking the knee, although this opposition has decreased by 10% since June. So... Amelia, you were just talking about taking the knee there. Do you support players taking the knee? Yeah, I think so. I think at the end of the day, they are kind of influencers, right? Like they have so many, so many people are watching it. And if they're doing it for, um, you know, the cause to change something to standard ground, I feel like it's, it is a good thing. You know, they have the opportunity, they have the, uh, the viewers. So, you know, why not? Yeah. But some people are saying that taking the knee is just virtue signalling and is making no real difference to cutting out racism. How would you respond to that? 
I mean, I do. There is a point in that, in the sense of like, the what are they gonna do by bending the knee? In the sense of like, um, you know, it's not gonna stop people. If anything, you could say maybe it'll help people more, right? Because of those who don't agree will then, you know, have remarks, comments on it. However, I just think it's it's a good thing maybe for like the younger generation like if they're watching and people looking up to the football players as like you know role models and they can be like you know what does that mean what do they support I feel like it's a good thing overall I don't think it should be bashed I think if you don't agree with it then but then also I don't understand why you wouldn't I guess agree with it but um yeah and how about you Zena what do you feel about players taking the knee do you support it or do you think it's virtue signaling yeah of course um I agree with Amelia that you know if with it that is that is the individual's problem I guess um and I think overall like you said they are role models like people are so influenced by footballers whether they like to admit it or not you know you go to like a barber shop and you've got pictures plastered all over the wall of footballers like I think it's inevitable that people are influenced by um, the part that they play in dismantling um, racist structures. And I suppose people that don't take the knee, um, I think, are rightly so, they are sort of chastised or ostracised. And I think that, I suppose it kind of it sounds silly because you'd think there already is a stigma to racism, but I think it kind of just reinforces and kind of reminds people that racism is not okay. Um, Priti Patel, the Home Secretary at the time of recording, um, she said she would not take the knee as it was a political statement she did not agree with, but later went on to condemn for racism after the Euros finals. She was described by some as a hypocrite. So is taking the knee more of a political signal rather than a standing against racism signal we can take Zena on that one yeah um I think often people you know I think it was quite odd that she I think that was quite an odd statement from mm. her because politics is about people like whether you know that whether you admit or admit it or not it is about people and your values and what you sort of how you, I don't know, how you think society should work. Politics is about people, essentially. So I think for her to say, oh, it's a political statement, it doesn't belong here, is, I think it's, it doesn't really make sense. And I think she should be ashamed as an ethnic minority to be promoting um, such backwards ideals and should remember where she came from. <laughs> um, what about you, Amelia? Do you think that taking the knee is um, a political statement? I completely agree with Zina. I think everything you just said is, um, I completely agree. Uh, I think in a sense, yes, but also like there's nothing wrong with it in the sense of like, why would you, you know, it's not that they're promoting anything bad, but also I think it's strange that she said, she said that statement out out there, like, you know, out of choice. I feel like that maybe is, like, wasn't that a put, like, didn't she have a political motive behind that, if you could also say? Well, taking the knee has often been, uh, it's not just a sign for supporting um, uh, 
uh, and anti-racism, but also showing support for Black Lives Matter. An organisation which is somewhat controversial towards certain members of society. Now, is taking the knee showing support to Black Lives Matter with their views, do you think? I think maybe in that sense, then you could mm. say that them, the players taking the knee, um, you know, could mean anything, right? Mm. If in that, in that, well, not anything, but like it could mean that, you know, they're supporting Black Lives Matter. It could mean they're just against anti-racism, like they're against racism. So I feel like um, maybe there could be an argument that, you know, it could be better explained, but also how do you explain that before you do it kind of thing? Um so if, you know, if people take the offence to it that, you know, you're supporting this and I don't agree with it, then I feel like maybe it's more of a, they shouldn't really be angry. It. They should just see it as like a, you know, they have their own reason for doing it. I'm going to go back to Zena now. So in the past year since um, the tragic death of, um, since the tragic death of George Floyd last year, um, we've seen such an increase um of awareness for racism movements across social media, across society, um, and in general day-to-day life. Do you think, have you seen a difference? Have you you, you seen any improvements towards people in their attitudes towards ethnic minorities, towards um, racism campaigns? Have you seen any positive movements? Or do you think we're still stuck where we were in early 2020? I think you'd like to think um, that with such um, a tragedy, you know, that instated worldwide protests, I think you'd like to think that there has been, has been you know, a difference made. I think, I think maybe not genuinely but you know you see loads of companies maybe they're trying to save face and they talk they talk about their inclusion and diversity and i think they i think a lot of i've noticed a lot of advertising campaigns have highlighted their ethnic diversity a lot more since the whole tragedy but i just think they're just doing it to save face really maybe that's just being cynical but i think i think companies are smart in the way that they realize that racism is even less acceptable than it was a year ago mm. um and so they kind of even if they they might they may have those views themselves they are just trying to appeal to certain um audiences i think people say the same with pride month i, I can't remember the term when you're like you're just using oh what's the word when you're just using um I know for in environmental, um, it's it's greenwashing, but I'm not sure. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. That's what they, exactly, yeah, that's the, whatever that. The yeah, I'm not sure if that translates into LGBTQ um, Pride Month and um, into into racism. I'm not, I'm not sure of the same thing. I'm not sure if you can use the same term or not off the top of my head. Yeah, just but do I it. understand what you mean. <laughs> Slightly different term, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about companies in just a second. But first, here's how you can get involved. We are always looking for new youth board members. If you would like to join us, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com 
forward slash contact. Racism in football is not a new thing. Football organisations such as the Football Association are under pressure now more than ever to do more. The FA said in a recent statement to Sky News, one of its key objectives over the next three years is to deliver a game free from discriminatory behaviour. The FA pointed out it remains proactive in tackling online discriminatory abuse, having led English football's social media boycott earlier this year. But 47% say the FA is not doing enough in a YouGov poll. Amelia, do you think the Football Association is doing enough to tackle racism? Is a social media blackout really enough? Maybe it's not enough, but also I feel like they, in the sense, there's they are limited on what they can do because of, I feel like, how widespread it is and how, like, you know, they can't get every single person that got every single person. I think it's good that they are doing something that's mm. better than nothing. Um, however, I do think that, like, the fact that they're acknowledging it and doing something about it, I feel like is a good start. Um, and, yeah, I just hope that they, especially after recent events, like, put more emphasis on it because it actually has obviously had, like, drastic impacts of the whole, like, you know, like, the what happened with, like, Marcus Rashford and that. And how his um, he just got blatantly like um, you know abused online. It's not it's not it's not fun at that point. It's not like jokes. Um, and I think even just like things like if they regulated their you know like the scene, how much hate was getting. If places like um, well, this is more on the side of like Instagram and Twitter and that mm. maybe not the FA. Like if they can see what's happening, and obviously it's such a national event it would be good if like they could react quickly on like blocking those comments or like turning comments off or things like that. That would be, I feel like beneficial to an extent. When it does seem to be social media where the racism is heard mm-hmm. for most, is it, do these companies need to take more responsibility than the FA themselves? Do you think? I think so to because I think like, especially like I was saying, like the big, like the Euros were everyone everyone in the world was watching the finals. And I feel like, you know, the, the companies were aware of what was happening. And I feel like um they do have the responsibility in a sense to, you know, to they can't control the users, but they can control what, you know, what is put out there to an extent. But on the flip side, I feel like if we talk about comments and things like that, you're also blocking out the, you know, positive comments that could, you know, get mm. people get through um through the like the hard stuff because I know even like the the three um football players that missed the penalties they were tweeting like how thankful they were for the support so on the flip side you know they'd also be blocking that maybe and what about you Zena do you think the FA is doing enough in your opinion I know you're not the biggest football fan but I'm sure you have seen bits and bobs um on social media and talking to friends um no, I would agree with Lilia. I don't think so. And I suppose in regards to um, her point about the positive comments also being ignored, mm. I think, you know, surely with Instagram and all of these platforms, there could be, um, I mean, I'm no tech like wizard, but there must be a feature where that they can implement where certain words are filtered out and they block out certain words which are objectively racist, not just racist, but homophobic. This obviously could be expanded into other um, areas. But 
you know certain words in certain contexts like I'm sure there is more that companies could do um and football themselves I think they kind of I think they realize because it's so end- endemic and everyone everyone realizes everyone knows I think they've kind of given up to be honest the managers that they, they just think oh well um that's our reputation it can't really get much worse from here maybe that's cynical but I think for the England football team, I mean, we, I can't get inside their heads, um, but I do think Gareth Southgate, the manager, I know there was some sort of controversy controversy for, with taking a knee before the game and Gareth Southgate insisted that the English football team still did take the knee um, for every match they played at the Euros. Um, so I think the teams themselves probably, we can't say this for certain, probably do really want to tackle this situation um and we could see i mean you could you you could see the anger um and the hatred coming from the players in the uh, in the statements they released after disgusting just but well the disgusting comments which were said after the euros finals um i just want to go back to something you said there about certain words being blocked out on social media do you think the tech is there to be able to do that um I mean, I'd like. I'm sure it could be. I think if people, if they really are that um, mm. bothered about erasing um, all sorts of discrimination, hatreds on online platforms where you know it's so prevalent, I think they definitely could. If they spent, you know, the time, I'm sure they could find a way to tackle that. Also on Twitter. Isn't there like you can block certain words, right? You can, although it definitely doesn't work because I always try to block Love Island every year because I can't stand the program. <laughs> and I still see lots of words coming up, so it doesn't Does it work. Not? It doesn't uh, work. Well, that kind of just defeats the whole purpose then. <laughs> <laughs> it still comes through. It still comes through. Um, so many fans think the punishment for racist abuse is not enough if we can really pinpoint who um, is the perpetrator. We saw fans being banned from games after the Euro Euros final. But how do you think fans should be punished, in your opinion, Amelia? Oh, how you think? Uh, okay, I think from from the for the like for starters, I think they should definitely be um be banned for for games, especially you know if if we get faces, like if it happens in person, and they get faces, they get names and things like that. Um, Banned from games should be like the the main thing because at the end of the day, if they're doing it, you know, because of the game, if that's what their reason, the motive is, then I feel like definitely they should not be there in person. Um, and then I think, mate, like even fines, because at the end of the day, it is a hate, like it's a hate crime, right? It's like you're abusive towards someone. Um, this is when I'm talking about when it happens in person. I think social media is harder because obviously you can have fake profiles, anonymous profiles, like you you don't know who says it, and people I feel like are more uh, ballsy online because they can't you can't put a name to the face and things like that, uh, face the name, and then uh, but yeah, in person I think it should be treated way stricter than it is. I think if it's caught, if it's um, you know on camera or whatever, or like if anyone hears something, I think it should be dealt with immediately. Well, surely if someone says something racist online the evidence is there it's solid concrete evidence i mean i guess i'm not i'm not justifying saying anything racist in person um but 
surely there's an element of doubt you could say for some what someone says in person because it could be misheard, misinterpreted. Probably wasn't, but online it is concrete evidence. That's true. The only like problem with that, right, is like troll accounts and things true. like that. But then I think then isn't there like a way of linking back to like IP addresses and all that? I know it's a bit of a hassle, but you know, I think it is possible if the right equipment, money and they were put into it. I've heard people calling that social media calling for social media accounts to be I feel well and initially to be well, to get rid of any account which isn't linked to an individual person. So you can't just have a random account in nobody's name. It has to be to someone's name. But at least when you register it, register your account, you have to put in some sort of details and ID. Would you support that sort of thing? Because I know it is quite controversial to be requiring ID for, to use certain services. That's a tricky one. A part of me, I, I think, yes, because at the end of the day, we could link it back to, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't only have to apply to racism, it can apply to like all sort of, you know, awful crimes and then things like that. But then on the flip side, I know that like the fact that you can be anonymous online also helps a lot of people. I think people, you know, are more confident or like to speak about their issues and things like that. So I do think it has a lot of potential benefits and I feel like the good thing would be if like you could put that behind the scenes of the account but maybe not share it yeah yeah to the you know to everyone and how about you Zena how do you think racist fans should be punished I think the requirement for ID you know what it is controversial but I do support it to be honest because I know some people will some people will say, oh, well, it's an invasion of privacy, but I feel like if you, not, I don't want to be that person, but if you've got nothing to hide, yeah, you know. Um, obviously, there is concerns over them storing your data, so I think they should address that in a, they should also address that in a separate way. I, I don't know how they would, to be honest. It's true. So I, I don't really know, but I think if you can get to the root, and tackle you know if people i think it's more of a threat you're getting more you you know more punishment if you'll be more Mm. afraid to do it if it links to them for example if you see on bbc news oh like um some i don't know like a 30 year old man has been linked to this twitter account i think that would really scare people and rightfully so but also like you both said i think i suppose safety considerations do need to be taken into account and like Melia said if they put the right amount of money into it i think i'm sure they can come up with something really interesting thoughts there if you would like to have your say on today's discussion send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact the Olympics have just finished, uh, which I'm quite sad about personally, but there was unfortunately a lot of hatred there as well. The United States gymnast Simone Biles pulled out of some of her competitions due to mental health, which fueled a, fl- a flurry of hatred online, which I'm sure some of you might have unfortunately seen. Piers Morgan, the ex breakfast tv host described biles as using mental health as an an excuse for poor performance and being 
selfish and unable to withstand the rigor, rigor oh, I haven't said a word, of Olympic competition. <laughs> Do you agree with Piers Morgan's thoughts? We'll go to Amelia first. No. <laughs> in short, I think uh, he, in the sense of, I understand people are disappointed in the sense of like maybe, you know, that the country, they're rooting for that, that person. So I think if he even worded it differently, then I can, because I saw some comments that were like, you know, I understand, I understand what your reasoning, uh, you know, I would have like loved to see you compete and all that, like if it was said nicer. But I think the way he put it and the way he said it is just not, not, right i think she doesn't owe anyone anything at the end of the day mm. i think and especially like if it was mental health and i think she said that there was some physical health and there was way more to it that she shared at the beginning uh why she pulled out because didn't her like aunt passed away or something as well at the time um but yeah she didn't share with that people at first and i think people should be more understanding i think it's more of a good thing that you know that she did openly didn't sugarcoat it she was like i want to pull out because of my mental health issues and i think this is going to benefit me in the future i think it is a better thing and i think the way he handled it the way that he had the opinion on it i feel like first of all maybe should have not even you know been voiced in that way uh, i'm gonna go to cena now so Biles is a black gymnast for the united states um team we as a society generally only expect the best uh, do you think we do you think we as a society generally expect the best and will easily criticize her compared to a white gymnast counterpart do you think there's any truth in that statement i think subconsciously a lot of people you know unfortunately do hmm. succumb to those ideas you know racism all forms of discrimination they are everywhere so it's easy to be it's easy to fall into them and become brainwashed. You just need to challenge the ideas yourself. And I think, I think, like Melly said, I think she's very brave to not sugarcoat it. Mm. And, it, you know, she probably, she definitely knew, like, she would be in for, you know, she, I think she was expecting racism, people trivialising her mental health issues, maybe sexism. But even, you know, despite that, I think she's still managed to bring awareness to mental health issues. You know, they're not... I think that's important in, you know, a sport or um, I suppose something like the Olympics, which is so competitive. Um, I think, you know, like you said, the expectation is they've got to be perfect and all of that. But I think, you know, they're real people. I think this kind of humanises them. I think that is very true, what you said there. Now, we're going to move away now from our main discussion today and move on to some of the tweets um, which are on social media regarding the topics we've talked about. Now, due to the topic, usually well, usually we would um, have both sides of the argument on the discussion and on, on the podcast, but because we are talking about racism here, there isn't really two sides to the argument. So, of course when I was doing the research for this, if there was any racist tweets, they were not included. Um, and obviously I did report them. Thankfully, there wasn't too many. I think people are doing a great job um, at reporting some of um, uh, the tweets. Although actually talking about that, I do remember, uh, personal story, I do remember when the Euros final had finished, I went on to Marcus Rashford's um, Instagram um, 
I was going to comment saying well done, but there was about 30,000 well done's within 10 minutes and I thought it's not going to make a difference. But what I did notice was how many racist comments were on there. And I went and reported them for being racist. And I'll tell you what, I did notice Instagram returned it saying they saw nothing wrong with it, um, which is completely unacceptable. Hopefully it was a glitch in their system. And it was, I don't know, hopefully it's sorted because I can't find those sort of comments anymore, which is good, but not good. Um, But anyway, let's go on to some of the tweets. So this is from Your Fresh TV Sport 1. Racism seems like it will be a massive problem at all levels of football this season. Action needs to be taken by the authorities that run and profit off these leagues. Racial abuse is almost becoming a strange fashion trend in certain parts of the country. That's interesting. Changes are needed. Um, Do you guys think that racial abuse is becoming, as he says, a strange fashion trend? You know what? It's an interesting point now because I think, just think about it now, I feel like, you know, because Euros was such a big thing and I feel like those who did go away with it, you know, maybe like, or were egged on by like their, mm. you know, society or got loads of likes on the comments or things like that or how people agree with them. I think that would encourage them to do it again, you know, especially now that like more football like leagues and championships, I don't understand, are starting. I feel like, you know, it's, I feel like if you there were probably people in communities that did say racial things that, you know, they were like egged on and now they're like, you know, I'm going to carry on things like that. So I do think in the sense of like, and calling it a, like, what was it, a fashion thing? I feel like that's an interesting way of putting it as well. I think it, it you know, it fits. Mm, a strange fashion trend in certain parts of the country. It's not, not something you want to be seeing said, is it, Zena? Yeah, it's it is odd oh, terminology. Like trend, kind of implies that it's a fad that's you know mm. won't be around in the next couple of months. Even you know trends are ever changing, and um, so I think that kind of implies that it's not a long term thing. It's just here for a couple of days, and then it kind of well, it's odd, um, odd phrase. I think, you know, perhaps I'd have to do some more research is that perhaps it is true. Maybe there are, like you said, Amelia, but people are probably egged on by, you know, social clout and likes and probably feel proud of themselves for being so brave to say these things out, um, you know, in public, which obviously they shouldn't be. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think... Um, I definitely think that's a weird way to word it. It is indeed. We are running out of time, so I'm just going to quickly read through um, some other of the tweets come through. This is from Dem Blades, odd username. Um, if you hate people talking about racism instead of football, you're the reason why. Um, Bob Anderson tweeted, I've just gone up with the Olympic team artistic swimming final wonderful to watch but the uniformity of skin color in teams of eight from countries with diverse ethnic population didn't feel right i'm not accusing anyone of outright racism but is there a barrier to inclusivity in 1936 a 22 year old jesse owens entered the olympic stadium in berlin he managed to control and channel his anger towards nazi racism into one of the most remarkable achievements in athletic history. 
four gold medals in two days. Well, that's it for today's Youth Talk. Thank you to Zena and Amelia for being our youth panel guests today. If you did enjoy this, go and check out our other Youth Talk episodes where you are listening to this right now. Remember to subscribe, follow us, like us, whatever it says on there to stay up to date when we're next here. And if you would like to join our youth panel, do get in touch with us. You can go and follow us on Instagram. We are on Instagram at Worldwide Youth Radio. And we are also over on Twitter at WW Youth Radio. That's all for today. Until next time, goodbye. Worldwide Youth Radio. 